how do you, how do you, how do you don't have trouble when you have trouble? I've read it so many times. <clears throat> do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Also trust in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back to take you to be with me, that ye may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Now this is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the opening word is, let not your heart be troubled. Let me give you a time frame on this scripture because it's so terribly important. It's the last week of Jesus' life. The very last week. The very last week. It's that time where he has done several things. He's washed the disciples' feet. He's had uh, the last Passover supper with them. He's told them a few sad things such as, someone will betray me. And it's at this moment that Peter gets so indignant and says, oh Lord, everybody can betray you but me. And then the Lord just, you know, just lets the, lets the gong drop. And he says, I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you disown me three times. So that's for the analysis of Peter's strength through the eyes of Jesus. And so Jesus then goes on and speaks to his disciples. He says, let not your heart be troubled. These disciples were troubled people. And, and their troubles had to do with something we don't know anything about. It's, it's, it's the trouble that comes with so much truth that you can't handle it. Are you following me? In three years, the Lord has deposited on them the kingdom of God, the eternal purpose of God, God's plan of redemption, his way of putting it through, through the cross, and how he plans to give them his Holy Spirit, and how he plans to never leave them and never forsake them. You and I have heard it all the days of our life, whether it be in the Presbyterian church, in the Catholic church, in the Methodist church, in the Pentecostal church, wherever, somewhere along the line, somebody told us all of these things, right? We've heard the Christmas stories and we've heard the Easter stories, so we're used to it. They heard so much in the first three years with Jesus. They had an accumulation of all of this. And it was a lot. Now mixed up with all of that were their plans as to what they were going to do with it. <laughs> Crazy. They were going to be kings. They were going to have power. They were going to have money. They were going to have a throne. They would help roust out Rome. I mean, they were going to be the big shots. So can, can you see this? So much information. And knowing he's the truth, they'd already said it. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Such confusion. I mean, the Lord left them loaded. Absolutely loaded. They didn't know what to do with it. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. 
Then he says, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> let not your heart be troubled. In other words, he's trying to say to them, I know all about life's confusions. I know it. I know all about life's confusions. Jesus knew their problem with what's right and what's wrong. You, I, I can throw a scripture out to you. And I, I think I could confuse you for the rest of the week. Let's just take one commandment. Honor thy mother and thy father. And just think of how you've done it. Okay, then think of how you haven't done it. Think of how you think you should have done it. And think of it. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to throw you in a, in a Pandora's box, nor do I want to leave you in confusion. But what I'm trying to say and share with you this day is that Jesus knew what he had done. He wasn't out to cripple them emotionally or spiritually. But his time was limited, and he gave them everything he got. And he gave it to them because he knew that at that moment they couldn't use it. At that moment they couldn't understand it. At that moment they couldn't decipher it. At that moment it was not ready knowledge nor power for them. It was just an accumulation of knowledge. It was just a gift of giving. It was just piling up a million packages in front of them. And the day would come when they'd be able to open up the packages and see what's inside. But in the meantime, they're acting like little kids with a whole store of toys and they can get into all of it. But making up their own ideas as how they're going to use it and what they're going to do with it. So Jesus is simply saying to his disciples, I know life's confusions. Life's confusions are many. There's the moral issues. What's right and what's wrong. You can look at an issue and say that's wrong. You can look at the same issue and say that's right. Now, who, who makes, who draws the line? <laughs> who tells us what's right and who tells us what's wrong? Those are the moral issues of life. And it's very confusing. It's very confusing. When you think of some of the situations we're going through as a city, it's enough to blow your mind. And you say to yourself, well, is this right or is this wrong? Is this the way it's supposed to be? Is this the way it's not supposed to be? Hey, another one of life's confusions, responsibility. Fulfill that which is expected of us. And responsibility has become like, a, like the weather. Someday it's cloudy, someday it's muggy, someday it's foggy, someday it's sunny, someday it's rain, someday it's hailed. We don't know. Responsibility, what is responsibility? And it's interesting because no one wants to be responsible today. I, I, I've just gone through a situation in which three, three things became very real to me in terms of responsibility. And it became a very a, a tense battle in my life. And uh, it's interesting because I found an answer in three very, very strange areas of life. Uh, I got one of the answers from Harry S. Truman. Because it's Harry S. Truman that made the decision of the bomb for Hiroshima. And you would say, and I would say, I wouldn't want to live with that decision. I think his answer was one that gives me a little bit to think about. The buck stops here. I'm president. This is my desk. And whatever comes down the pipeline, I'm responsible. 
I, I, to me, that's, I'm sorry. It, it, it's, it's one of the explanations of responsibility that we don't care to accept, but it's there. There's another situation which is very important, and this is a spiritual situation. I said three. I can't remember one of them, but there was another one. But the next situation I bring to you is the master's answer. Unto whom much is given, much is required. And that's, 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 that's the bottom word. That's the bottom word. Oh, my soldiers, they were... No, no, no. Unto whom much is given, much is required. So if you're the person in authority and if you're the person in power, you're the person God's going to hold responsible. All your little soldiers might have done a jig here and a dance there, might have walked off with this and walked off with that, but the bottom line before the Lord, unto whom much is given, much is required. You can't. Jesus understood these problems. He understood the moral issues. He understood the issues of responsibility. Then he also understood the issue of faith, which is probably the most delicate one. And it's the most delicate one because it becomes the source of everything else. It becomes the source of, hey, your moral issues. It becomes the source of your responsibility. And it also becomes the source of your priorities, which is uh, another one of the situations. Uh, what goes first? Who decides what goes first? How do we exercise our decisions? Uh, uh, who helps us set priorities? Well, our situation of faith. And these are real issues, folks. And let me tell you something. Don't let one overlap the other. You've got to teach, treat each situation individually. You understand what I mean? God may say no to this, but something may come along just as easy. And it may seem to have that same solution, but you've got to get the solution from God. Do you understand what I mean? God doesn't give rubber stamps. Is that paid, paid, paid. No, 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 no. Each situation is looked at in its own light, in its own perspective, in its own weight. Okay? So faith becomes the source. And faith becomes the power under which everything else moves. Now Jesus made it clear. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. You trust in God once again. Don't let your heart be troubled. What is it that troubles you? What is it that's eating you? What is it that doesn't satisfy you? What is it that, that, that really does a number on you? What is it? Let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Give it to God. Give it to God, folks. I don't care what it is. Give it to God. If, if it's an unsaved husband, if it's a financial need, if it's an illness, if it's a situation which you haven't been able to handle, give it to God. But you see, when you give something to God, you don't keep handling it. You don't keep going round with it. It's not the time. It's very dangerous. I'm going to give you a very personal and very intimate situation. And when you get to 61, you let out a lot of things. I always uh, deal with young people who get into very heavy romances. And when I talk about heavy romances, heavy petting, heavy, heavy living, heavy, heavy everything. 
And then in the, in the throes of that emotion and in the throes of that pang, they want God's will. Hey, can I tell you something? Bye-bye, birdie. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You say, well then, sister, how does it happen? I'm going to tell you how it happens. It happens by letting go, giving to God, and waiting on him for an answer. Oh yeah, get away from it. Get away from it. And that's the way God answers. And you know something? Sometimes God might tell you something. And it's the most beautiful experience in your entire life. When I met Joe Cortese, I had not given him a kiss. I had not held his hands. I had no intimacy whatsoever. And never did as sweethearts. But God from heaven told me he was the one. I've doubted it somewhere along the way. Okay, but you know something? As the years go by, it was God. I know it was God. And I'm satisfied with the way God handles things. I remember once a committee of three ladies from a certain religious group came to tell me how to treat my husband. Two of them don't have husbands today. I still have mine. I'm not getting off the track. I'm just trying to loosen this to tell you the great truth. Faith is the secret. And what is faith? Faith is talking to God. Faith is letting God in on your business. You say, sister, how does that happen? Listen, this is the way it happens. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's a little bridge you got to cross. From the generality of religion, from the generality of God, from the generality of church, from the generality of whatever you've been brought up in, into the intimacy of Christ. Intimacy with Christ. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then he says, and in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now this, this, this is going to roll you over, folks. Number one, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Would you believe it that that's a command? And it's a command that simply says this. Watch out and take control. I like that. Take control. Folks, what you can do, God won't do. What you are capacitated through his gifts and through the body he's given you, what you're capacitated to do, he won't do for you. So don't sit back and expect God Uh, To pull a load for you. No, 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 no. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Get into action. Move it. Take control. Talk to your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Listen, heart. You can't be troubled. You hear me? Stop it now. Somebody hears you. Who cares? Who cares? We don't care. So that's the first thing. And what does watch out mean? Well, simply watch out for your emotions, watch out for negative surrender, and watch out for depression. That is a part of all of this living. All of this living, a part of all of this living is simply, hey, it ends up in depression. Negative surrender, what do you mean? Well, you you just listen to all the negative and you give in to it. I went to pray with a little lady yesterday and I was telling her all my prayer requests and she looked at me, she's so precious. 
She says, God already told me about that. It's over. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for oil of anointing and, uh, and uh, a touch of consolation. Uh, and I'm waiting for somebody to, you know, my servant, my servant, my servant. Uh, she didn't say no. She says, it's over. Uh, next issue. And I thought to myself, that was the biggest issue I was bringing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why? Because prayer gives us the power to take control. You know why we don't have more victories? Because we don't pray about them. You bring prayer requests, but you don't pray. You call somebody up and tell them about it, but you don't pray. God says, take control. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, but our hearts are troubled. Well, let, don't let it be. Okay? Number two, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Establish a beachhead, folks. Establish a beachhead. That I learned from World War II. All the islands of the Pacific. What was it? Guam, Saipan, and all the others. Establish a beachhead, a foundation. Get yourself in. Believe in God. That's number one. You, you believe in God? Hey, you started. Number two, believe also in me. Why? Because Jesus is the only way to the Father. Because Jesus is the way. And this is important to understand. Take control. Establish your beachhead. And then he starts off with something quite interesting. In my Father's house. As I read that last night, it was, it was grueling through me. Well, during the week, but especially, and I couldn't get it out of my mind, in my father's house, in my father's house. You know, when you think of your father's house, I think of heaven. We die, we all drop dead, and we all go to heaven. My father's house, we arrived. But no, 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 no. Last night, the Holy Spirit was making something so real. And I said to myself, Lord, what on earth is it? My father's house. And all of a sudden, it hit me. Jesus revealed to us and offers to us the refuge and the serenity that he knew and that saw him through. And what was that refuge and what was that serenity? The union with the Father. It was a union with the Father that flowed through him that made everything that had to be done on earth to be done in perfect prophetic order. Because what we don't realize is that the clock of over 4,000 years of prophetic utterance was ticking. Jesus was moving in just that situation. Every, every, every prophecy had to be fulfilled. Everything that was ever said by the prophets uh, had to be fulfilled. So Jesus had one touch with the Father and the other one in bringing everything to fruition. And he's looking at his disciples and he's saying, don't make it so hard. I didn't come alone. I came with the Father's power. Everything I did, it was with the Father's authority. 
Everything I have was with the Father's authority. Now he's saying to them, you believe in God, now believe in me. Because what I had in the Father through faith in me, you will now have in the Father. Do you hear me? I said to the people, he tells his disciples, I tell them the words that I speak, I don't speak them of me alone. My Father gives them to me. The miracles I work, I don't work them of me alone. My Father gives them to me. Everything that's done in my ministry, it's my Father. And that's why on the cross he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And then the more moment of utter sacrifice, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was a separation of, 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 of eternity, of, of, of that type of time that's even beyond eternity. A separation which was never known to man. You will never know it and I will never know it. And I don't even know if heaven will reveal it to us. And what is he saying to you? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I came and I walked your walk. I went through struggles and I went through tremendous situations. But let me tell you something. Let me tell it to you right now. Walk like I walked. Walk in the Father. I am the only one that can take you to the Father. And that's why he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I wouldn't have told you so. I go prepare a place for you. And I'm going in to prepare. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you with me. That you may, that you may also be where I am. You know the way, the place where I am going. And then Jesus goes on. And he's telling his disciples, the secret is being in me because then I can give you the Father's power. Why did he get up so early in the morning? Why did he spend nights in vigil? Why before dawn broke would he be in his Father's presence? Why? Because that was the source. You believe in God, believe also in me. And now I'm going to tell you something. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Yes, but what I'm trying to tell you is you've got to be in my father and only get there through me so that all my resources are yours. Sister Amy, where do you get that from? Okay, I get it from the very same chapter. And let's go on to the 12th verse. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have done, what I have been doing. This is, a, this is John 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have done, what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Hallelujah. In other words, the floodgates of heaven have been opened for us because Jesus went to the Father. Jesus is at the right hand side of the Father. And listen to this, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Why? If you love me and you obey what I command, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, which is the Holy Spirit. Down, for folks, to verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And Jesus replied, 23rd verse, and Jesus replied, anyone, if anyone loves me, 
He will, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And he who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear, this, these words you hear are not my own, right? They belong to the father who sent me. Hallelujah. In other words, folks, in my father's house, what is the Father's house? In my Father, he has refuge. Jesus says, my words come from the Father. What else did Jesus say? Jesus said, my miracles come from the Father. What else did he say? His love. In John 17, which is the intercessory prayer of which Jesus prays for the church and better said for the believers. And in this intercessory prayer, it's so beautiful. Jesus prays, it says, for himself. Uh, after a little while, Jesus said this, chapter 17. And, and he says, Father, the time has come. He's talking to his father. The time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may, be glo- glo- that your son may glor- glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this, eternal li- now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence uh, with the glory I had with you before the world began. Hallelujah. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. And on goes the scripture in which Jesus, talking to his father, simply says, the way you and I are one, let them be one with us. Because the whole secret is, uh, and you know it, father and son, father and son are one. Uh, whoever has seen me has seen the father. And, and, and this, is, this is the togetherness. This is the beauty. This is the power. And that's why when Jesus gets up and says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, what is he saying to us? Uh, simply take charge. Take command. Uh, I know the issues of life. I know the moral issues of life. Uh, I know the responsibility of life. Uh, I know the priorities that have to be set in life. Uh, but Jesus simply tells us, take control. Take control. Establish your beachhead in faith. And from there on in, remember, as I was with the Father, you be in me. For then, what the Father gave me is yours. The power he gave me, the words he gave me, the miracles he gave me, everything. Folks, we are not limited. We are not something of, uh, what shall we say, of third or fourth generation Uh, There are no generations in Jesus Christ. Uh, It's you and the Lord. Uh, We all become a first generation. Every believer goes straight to the heart of God. Uh, And Jesus is the one that takes us there. How did Jesus make it on earth? Uh, Through the power of his father, through the command of his father, through the knowledge of his father. That knowledge now becomes us through the son. Uh, Why did the disciples say, we don't know the way. Where are you going? Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, And no man cometh unto the father but through me. 
In other words, God has established an open door, but I am the door, and who doesn't come through the door will not come any other way. That's why when we think of Jesus, don't be too generous for the world out there, folks. Don't be too generous to talk about God in terms of anything and everyone. No, there is something very specific. It's God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, and the one that he has sent to put the church together and prepare her as a bride, the Holy Spirit. But folks, let not your heart be troubled. The strength Jesus had in the Father is yours. The power Jesus had in the Father is yours. Oh, hallelujah. As the Father sent me, so send I ye. Go forth and bring fruit, much fruit. And whatever I did, you'll be able to multiply it a hundredfold. For our plan was my father and me. Now I am there. Whatever he gave me is yours. And you know what? Greater things than I did, you will do. Meaning the outreach. Meaning where we'll go with what we've got. And it's so absolutely precious. Folks, we can't make it. Say amen. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. We've got power. We've got the power of the Son who is and offers us the power of the Father. Hallelujah. I am so thrilled this day to be able to share with you that our inadequacies are easily seen. Our falls are easily seen. Our inability to hang in there and live a clean Christian life are seen. Our way of confusion is seen. How we can forget the Lord for a whole week, for a minute, for a day. How we can go on months. How we can try to fool the whole world with a Christianity which is just a little varnish on top but the rotten wood is still there. But you see, there comes a moment when it doesn't make any difference what the world The only thing that counts is your relationship to him. And that you establish it. Nobody can establish it for you. The church doesn't establish it. People don't establish it. Fellowship doesn't establish it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Yeah. Believe also in me. In my father's house. I love the son that links us to the father. I love the son that makes us co-heirs with him in the father. I love the son that says the way I made it, you can make it. I love the son who satisfies on Calvary the father's sense of justice and purity and holiness and drags us in with it. And now I can stand before God, although almost choked with so many of the things that I do and the things that I don't understand and the negatives that I drag. I stand there choked. But I say, Father, in Jesus' name. And his smile is big. And his presence is glorious. And all of a sudden, I'm wrapped up in a love that has nothing to do with pastor or deacons or ushers or, or activities. A love that says, I'll take you just the way you are. I love you. Forget your wife's Christianity. Forget your husband's Christianity has nothing to do with you. It's you and God. You stand alone. Let not your heart be troubled. Lord, we thank you this day. 
for your presence, for the reality of who you are and who you are to us. Lord, teach us to not be troubled. Teach us, Lord.